Greetings, and welcome to Heart Road, Still on the Road. The difference is that I'm no longer waiting for the birth of this baby. <clears throat> I had the incredible honor, once again, of welcoming a new being into the world from the body of its mother, of his mother. It's such a, a very great honor to be present in this in these times of passing through doorways, through portals, from one dimension into the other, whether it be birth or death, it's a great, great honor for me and uh, allows me to feel connected through space and time to all of us who have had this experience of incarnation, of coming into the bodies created of this planet and then leaving them when it's time to just leave our bodies back in the earth. So, yeah, the new baby is born and, uh, and I'm just preparing now for going back to Hartroot. And here we are again together, connecting the dots, connecting hearts around the planet. Um, I'm... Th this is a, a new um, episode of Any Questions? And I have two questions that people have sent to me. One that was sent on the um, comment in the comment section of the podcast, and another that was sent to me by email. <clears throat> the first one is about cycles and how we can connect with and understand cycles in our individual lives. And I'm going to give you the kind of question, the kind of answer that I give all the time and that people really get pissed off at me about. And that's um, to ask you to observe your own life. <laughs> it really is quite amazing, actually, when you look at your own life and you see recurring uh, patterns of situations or themes of emotional uh, dramas or uh, just uh, dramatic events, perhaps. You can also see different phases of working on different parts of your body or different parts of your being, rather. Uh, each decade, we're working on the understanding and grounding of the teaching of a different chakra, for example. Um, so observe, observe your life. And um, I always tell people that self-observation is really the most important and most lasting way of understanding something. And we all have different relationships with numbers, even though, yes, we do have um, particular 
numbers that are um, that are impacting and helping us create the resonance of this life that we're living. Um, and these numbers are archetypal frequencies, if you wish. Um, actually, that might be a place to start to do the visualization that I suggested. Um, now, I don't remember anymore whether that was in the <laughs> subscribe content or whether it was in this free content. But at one point, <laughs> I did a visualization with you. Uh, perhaps it was in the in the subscribed content where you go to the the foundational numbers that are actually creating your the frequency of your life at this time. Perhaps that's something that that you could do, and then from there extrapolate into your into your past to to see how at different multiples of that of that number you were working on particular themes or different things occurred that were related to the to those numbers and the the energies of those numbers So that would be my answer related to the question about cycles in our lives. I really feel it's important not to read a lot and go up into your head and to, to study, study, study other people's ideas. But if, if you're, you know, walking through a library and, uh, a book catches your eye or if you know what I mean when when things kind of call you or um, really appear uh, serendipitously in front of you um, then you're you're meant to be to be absorbing that in, that information but other than that uh, my deep feeling is that we need to go inside ourselves to to touch the wisdom that is already there. And the second question was about depression and whether depression is something that we need to just live with and distract ourselves however we can by keeping busy and uh, doing stuff or whether we should rather go into it. Um in a sense, turn around instead of running away from it, turn around and face it and dance with it. And I suppose that that really depends on your life circumstances and the choices that you're willing and able to make at this time. Depression uh, and the fact that so many people are are succumbing to depression at this time is a result of the accumulated rage that we have in our bodies. We've been taught that anger is not something that we should 
in any way express. And so we either will express it passive aggressively um, at the office, you know, or um, and with road rage or, <laughs> you know, that well, might, might not be so passive aggressive, <laughs> but um, it's displaced anyway from where the rage is actually coming from. Um, or we totally cut ourselves off from anger and uh, swallow it and with all that we can muster, we are nice. There's really an edge to nice, usually, because exactly of all of the the anger and rage fomenting underneath underneath it. Um, another way of dealing with with the rage, of course, is to go up into your head entirely and to become that kind of sarcastic, witty, urbane um, person that everyone thinks is oh so, oh so smart. And um, see these people a lot on TV. <laughs> so that's uh, a popular way of dealing with rage through through sharp criticism and witticisms and sarcasm. But in terms of our societies and our culture, generally speaking, um, particularly in the city, we learn to just swallow it, maybe focus it on, um, on somebody that we can identify as the other, you know, the other political party, for example, or the the others in the neighborhood who look different and uh, don't pray on the same day. So we can focus our rage on them also. But if we're lovely liberal people, um, that kind of anger is not politically correct either. And so rage just accumulates and eventually it takes a heck ton of energy to keep it all contained. So much energy, in fact, that there's no energy for anything else. And you simply shut down because all of your energy is turned inside yourself trying to contain this ticking um, concentration of plutonium inside you. And so the logical way of dealing with depression, <clears throat> excuse me, is to, to find ways of releasing some of the anger. Anger accumulates um, because we are fearful, constantly fearful, and don't ever want to touch that fear. And so we get angry, and we're not allowed to touch 
the anger. But anger is always covering fear. It's a secondary emotion. And we're not even allowed to touch the secondary emotion, much less wanting to go into the primary emotion underneath it, which is fear and terror. How will I survive? Who will ever love me? All of those scary questions. So here in Canada and in other parts of the world, I guess, but in Canada, in every fall and spring, we have hunting season. And I know that a lot of people uh, take out their anger in this way in, in going hunting. I'm not saying that all hunters do this, but I certainly have seen a lot of them that do. The ones who take their two fours uh, into the woods and uh, take their guns with them. I'm just having a moment of uh, connection here with all of the animals. Not only the wild ones who are hunted, but also our domestic animals who are often the brunt of people's rage. And um, thanking them for their service. Because they have absorbed so much so much of our of our emotions and who knows what the world would be without the absorbing qualities of of the animals surrounding us the animals and the plant life the earth in general all of our brothers and sisters who absorb out of service the emotions that we are dealing with or not dealing with all the time. Also, at this this time of the year, in the countryside anyway, people are chopping wood. And they often do that throughout the winter, chopping wood for fires. That is also a great way to, uh, to help release some of the, the anger. Playing sports, um, running consciously, anything that you can do where you are actually moving physically and envisaging whatever emotions are inside you, and particularly if we're dealing with depression and rage, uh, visualizing the, the anger as, as, an, as energy that's leaving your body as you're moving. Um, a punching bag is a very good idea to have around in a house. I know when my kids were growing up, we had one that got totally destroyed, taken apart. And I don't mean just a little bit, stuffing coming out. So these are all different ways of physically releasing the anger. It's very important. If you've got a punching bag, for example, or if you're chopping wood or doing things like that to not visualize that you're hitting somebody that you hate 
<laughs> or um, you know that you're you're getting back at at one particular person because, as I've said until you're probably sick of hearing it, um, those people are reflections of aspects of ourselves, and so what we end up doing is reabsorbing the the rage rather than actually releasing it. The really um, functional way of using uh, a punching bag or physical exercise, um, hitting anything, whether it's a tennis ball or a squash ball or uh, an opponent in martial arts or a, a punching bag or a piece of wood that you're chopping, the, the only effective way is to see the emotions inside you as energy that's flowing out and not directed at anyone otherwise you're really not releasing it you actually kind of um, increase it so that's that's one way of helping drain off some of the rage that keeps us paralyzed um, and it's, it's an efficient way. Uh, it, it might seem like distraction, but it's not distraction if you're doing it consciously. If you're just run, uh, running, for example, um, kind of mindlessly with your earbuds on and listening to music, listening to the news or whatever, um, you're not releasing the the energy that that you could be releasing and so if you're doing it consciously and and feeling the energy rising from your cells rising from your organs uh, feel it leaving you that that can work one of the reasons that people are feeling so depressed of course is is also related to feelings of impotence. Um, with everything going on in the world, uh, impotence is uh, another, a, an iteration of fear and anger. And so the way through that is there are, there are two ways that I can that, that I use one is first of all to know that, that I'm connected to all that is and that by sitting and becoming aware of that connection and radiating as clearly as possible um, that awareness of connection and loving, healing energy. Uh, I feel that as more and more of us do that, that we become, we feel more and more empowered. That's really part of the reason for doing this podcast is to 
have people become more and more aware of that web of interconnection that exists, but that we don't employ as, as well as we could in order to transform uh, our realities in our world. When we sit and connect to all that is and then focus that intention uh, of, of awareness of oneness and of harmony and gratitude, all of those wonderful positive frequencies, when we focus them outward to all that is and then focus them particularly to places or people where we feel that it's necessary, we can have an impact. Well, this has been proven a gazillion and three times uh, scientifically, <laughs> and therefore it must be true. Um, so that's one thing. And then, of course, the other one is just to be kind. In your daily life. It's to, to make all of the little gestures that we're capable of making and that really come naturally to us, usually, because we are love. And when we connect with that beautiful, perfect, divine aspect of ourselves and we walk out into the world, it transforms the world. And yes, you've probably seen the YouTube videos uh, and the, the things on Facebook, you know, the videos on Facebook that show one person doing a small act of kindness and then how that that flows from one person to the other, to the other, to the other. Well, that's how it works. And so in this way also, we can assuage those feelings of impotence. So that's my spiel on what I think is, is a way and a positive way to deal with depression. Um, I have often worked with people who, particularly uh, women of a certain age, who've been deeply depressed and worked with them to finally be able to touch some of the anger that they've had accumulated over years and years and years. And unfortunately, this really can disturb a family when the sweet and lovely and uh, ever-giving uh, mother or aunt or whoever all of a sudden gets a little sharp-tongued sharp and, uh, and starts speaking her mind. Uh, this can really put everybody out quite a bit. And so I've seen several of these women taken by their families to doctors who then put them on lithium 
Because, as I said, anger is not something that we socially uh, understand or know how to deal with. So I guess that's another another aspect of this, um, to honor people's anger rather than to revile people for it. You know, we still have a tendency to say, oh, he's so angry. Oh, what an angry bitch, you know, rather than to just stop a couple of minutes and step down from the superior criticism and wonder what this person is afraid of that's creating this rage, this protective gauntlet of of rage around them. That's a spiritual practice. That's one that I know well of not confronting rage, but standing in front of it and not being confronting, not being placed, not allowing oneself to go in either uh, victim mode or uh, aggressive mode, defensive mode. So you don't get into either flight or fight mechanism, but rather go into your heart and connect with the fact, whether you're able to to touch it with your heart or not, you at least know it with your mind that this person is part of the divine flame, as I keep harping on. And something must be happening inside this person in order to spark this rage. And so what is, what's underneath the anger? What's making them scared? It's probably not a good idea to say to somebody who's furious to say, oh, I wonder what you're frightened of. (laughs) That might land you in danger. But it can be an inner reflection. And it's not from a place of superiority, but from a place of compassion. You understand that. You're not doing it in order to, to analyze someone and therefore be superior to them. It's from a compassionate heart place of, oh, wow, this person's so angry, they must be hurting a lot. So that's my spiel on depression. And I know that there are people in deep, deep, deep depression. And um, and that it really does take a lot of a lot of energy and support and loving, uh, unconditional loving to help these people. Um, eventually touch the rage and do something with it rather than have it circulate constantly inside them. It's something that we need to approach as individuals with other individuals, but our society needs to change also. And yes, (laughs) that happens one person at a time one family at a time. 
So, thank you so much for being part of this web of heart-connectedness and understanding. Thank you for subscribing and if you haven't subscribed, I would inspire you. <laughs> I would invite you to please do. And when you do subscribe, you support Heartroot and all that it is, as well as supporting the, the web of heart connection that, that emanates particularly with a particular tint and color and frequency from heart root. Blessed be, and until next time.